podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, listener, to episode 255 of the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Denny, and as ever, I'm podcasting to you from beautiful rural Ireland. And before I begin, a little note here on the personal nature um, as regards the potential sounds you may hear in the background. It's normally lovely and quiet. Tonight, it's going to be slightly more echoey than normal because I've had to leave the door open. Because last week, Gino was outside shouting at me to get in. This week... I've let her in. So chaos may ensue. I can only leave it in the lap of the gods. She's currently eyeing up the computer as we speak. Um, as ever on this show, I am joined by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch, and producer Guy Drinkle. And as ever, I'm going to start things off with something that took my fancy up late. Now, I've recently, for the third time, watched from uh, one end to the other the magnificent series that is Peep Show. Um, it's one of the best things I've ever watched. Uh, the writing's incredible. And it centers, for those of you who don't know, on two characters, a pair of oddball friends, uh, Jez, who's a bit of a layabout, um, of comparatively posho upbringing, um, but, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a dope, um, trying to make it in the music, music business or whatever happens to him. And then you got Mark, who is a more, um, uptight, uh, stereotypical kind of, uh, stiff upper lip type who equally is trying to make his way through the business world and failing in a very dramatic way. Now, for the entirety of the series, the two lads have this very uneasy and yet codependent relationship. And as the series finishes, surprise, surprise, we are left with the two boys and their uneasy codependent relationship. And the way this series finishes is just pure poetry. So I wanted to play it for you. And I'm going to segue into it from the incident that happens just before where Mark and Jez have tried to kidnap the lover of one of the two lads' uh, desired female companion because it seemed like a good idea at the time. But alas, it didn't work out. So I'm going to pick it up from there. It's about two minutes, so bear with it. Who could have possibly predicted that falsely imprisoning a love rival would turn out so badly? Only a genius. April, don't go! A real night to remember, like the Titanic. Right, well, it's over with Molly. Apparently I'm not even allowed to do a little fucking naughty kidnap. So, uh, bikes to it. I'm going to have van it to Macedonia. Finally set up the moped rental. Yeah? Yeah. Laters. See ya. Are we going to be all right? The project to reintroduce wolves into this habitat has been controversial. That's the last thing I need. Now they're bringing back wolves. Oh, God, I'm so tired. What next? Bring back smallpox? We all had fun with the smallpox, didn't we? Is it time smallpox had a reboot? Mark, will you pull me off? I'm not about to pull you off, Jeremy. And if you think about it, I'm sure you don't really want me to. Sure, whatever. I just thought it might be comforting. But what about I read to you from Napoleon's correspondence? <laughs> if I was going to kill you, I'd have a great sign-off. Yeah? You always loved history, Mark. <laughs> 
Well, now you can be part of it. Bang. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I think I'd just come at you in the night. Pillow on the face. Cock. Yeah, that's you all over. Oh, we do love each other, really. I simply must get rid of him. <laughs> Uh, and so on. Uh, Fantastic. It's tremendous stuff. Uh, like I say, I've watched it now from episode one uh, of series one to episode six of series nine three times. Uh, I can't recommend it. Some of the best writing I've ever ever come across in comedy. And it's just a nice way for us to uh, to begin the show. Um, it's, 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 a- bri- it's brilliantly downbeat as well. Oh, it's so it's, good. It's, it's, it's just so, the, 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 the tone of it's just so good. They're, they're both a bit crushed by life with little glimpses of... Um, you know, things are going to go well, and then they're crushed again. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely will never go well. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and the the Corriganisms, the little rants that he's doing in his in his head are just some of the best things. There, ever. There, there's one where he has to he pretends he, he's taken drugs because his his um his fiance Sophie has suddenly got into drugs and clubbing, and uh, and and he walks into the living room because and and which is obviously just full of like you know wrecked students and what have you, and he and he says, okay, right, I was only pretending to get take drugs. Everyone, get out now. I'm not doing this. And he, and he walks out and he stops him and he just can't help himself. He says, by the way, there are structures in this world. Um, the stock exchange isn't a bad thing. However, <laughs> sensible things are quite good and, and very, very necessary at times. This isn't the man keeping you down. Now get out. I'm going to make some toast. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, it's just great it is just great highly recommend it and as ever that's Carl chiming in so what have you got for us to start um, I, it's normally Cam who does the on this day anniversary stuff but I've nicked one because I, I may have forgotten we were doing the podcast 10 minutes ago um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, and it, it's this it's from um, probably my second favourite book of all time the common people will let it go oh yes they will sell liberty for a quiet life sorry for a quieter life that is why they must be prodded. Prodded. It's very Orwell. What is it? It's the next step down. It's from a Clockwork Orange. Ah, okay. And Great it's, stuff. And, it, and it's not from Alex. I want to do a Clockwork Orange quote. Um, it, it's the, um, in this day in 1971, the film came out. And the film is terrible, I have to say. It's absolutely bloody awful. But are you book, are you saying that because because in comparison to the movie? Because quite honestly, right, and I, I don't make no bones about it. I came to the movie first, and then in my student days, I read the Anthony Burgess novel and thought, well, "Holy shit, that's incredible!" Yeah. Um, but and obviously, yeah, then then I can agree with you. But I still uh, think the movie stands up as a thing. I think it's a bit carry on, carry on <laughs> ultra violence. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, but very good. Mind when I was reading it, I was living in the place where it was filmed which is a bit unusual. So the scene where he throws, uh, I think I've spoken about this before, where he throws Dim into the lake. Yes. I was, around the, I was living around the corner from that, from that lake. Right, right. All, all, albeit, what, 19 years later. So who uh, is that Who is that quote from? Is it from one of the guys who are torturing Alex? Or No, it's it's the scene where, he go, where he's in the writer's house. He's written a book called The Clockwork Orange. And um, and Alex is trying to work out why he's so against the government. So he's, so he's gone through the procedure. He's got no violence. And of course, it means... I mean, read the book if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But basically, Alex gets really hyped up when he listens to classical music, and is a violent rapist. And um, uh, but and they do some sort of technique on him where they they show him just horrific films mm. uh, and give him some sort of drug. 
And uh, and the effect of that is basically every time he hears um, classical music, he, go, he goes mad and like just vomits and uh, wants to kill himself. In fact, throws himself out of a window. So this that's a quote from the book he's reading from. And I really like I love the line: "They um, the common people will let it go. They will sell liberty for a quieter life." Because mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's very true. We will we will cede all our rights to the states as long as you don't bother us. You've actually fl- you've flagged up a, a clip that I've got in the in the wings for one of the next two or three shows, which goes to mind control and M culture and all that very interesting thing that most people should hear if they haven't heard it before. Cam Branch, you going to leaven the mood a bit after um, uh, me and uh, Carpack have taken it down with mind control and violence? I'll certainly do my best. God bless you. Oh God, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> I, sh- I should say for the listener, we- we've been briefed on this, and we would like to apologise in advance. He's not going to sing, is he? It could be worse. Okay, go for it, my friend. Seki Nicho. That's my opening quote. Oh, I thought you were going to go with, like paragraphs worth about no. liberty. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that's all it is. Seki Nicho. Seki needs show. Now, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here uh, and guess that you're welcoming our new man. Um, but what you're saying to him, I don't know. Um, it essentially means unexpected luck. Unexpected luck. Fantastic. Uh, so, do you mean that Minamino himself is unexpected Minamino. luck? Minamino. <laughs> Minamino. <laughs> uh, is, is that what you're getting at? Or... I think it was, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's uh, it was a, it was a nice surprise for all of for all of us Reds, wasn't it, to uh, uh, have that signing? And it was a, it was a bit of luck that it was such a fantastic release clause that certainly um, made the deal even more attractive. And it's it's it, everything's gone through today in a very official way. We see the yep. pictures. It's fantastic to look at um, for all Reds. Um, a little boost in a time, as you say, and you're dead right. When you know, not things weren't starting to flag by any manner of means, but it's it is a shot in the arm. The club are all over it, as you would expect. There are you know multiple articles on the official website, interviews with the man himself. Cam, I've been very taken with some of the things he's saying. I don't know if you've read them, but it's not your usual trite bullshit. It's really along the lines of. You know, people putting it up to him saying, what are you going to do? Um, or how do you, how do you, hell do you get into this team? And he's saying, well, look, it's, it's the best thing possible for a team, for a squad to have high level competition. And the one thing I can guarantee is that I will do my best to break into the team and to, to offer that competition. And he's saying all the right things. And all we've seen on the pitch is him doing the right things. It is exciting, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, we, Again, our, our sample size of what we've seen of the player is uh, is two games for pretty much everybody, and we all like what we saw in those two games. And uh, with what he's saying there, uh, it it shows. Um, I think it reflects on what you expect of Japanese people as a whole. They're very honourable, and in, in, in the way they approach life. So uh, he's not going to say anything um, that's going to be. In disrespectful in any way, you know, in the, the cocky arrogance of, oh, I deserve a place, you know, I mean, I'm a fantastic player, blah, blah, blah. He's definitely no Neymar in that respect, is he? So, um. Who's this salad prick? 
That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm waiting for him to say, who's this other me now in our team? What do you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or imagine if, the, if there was a translator waiting in the wings, wincing away, going, I can't translate that shit. <laughs> but you've raised I'm the only here for the birds, he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using the word birds will make it even more like uh, yeah. I've I've heard great things about the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so I wanna I wanna I wanna, I wanna I wanna raise one thing with you, Cam. You've you've brought it up there and it occurs to me and we are nothing in this show if not capable of doing stuff on the fly and then getting back to where we were going initially. This is this is nothing to do with Mr. Minamino, but something you said there. Oh, please do not think that I'm uh, in any way, uh, shape, or form saying anything critical. But during the week, I found myself wincing a little bit at the the levels to which things have gone now, um, the levels to which um, you have to watch everything you say, um, lest you be cancelled. And I saw that Jurgen talking about um, some um, uh, talking about the, the the Monterey players and what they might offer made some reference to well you know what South American players they're going to be you know whatever he said technically or they're going to have great attitude or they're going to be very determined and be aggressive and all that kind of stuff and you just there you said you know a general statement about Japanese people are very honourable part of their culture stuff like that and I saw responses to Jurgen. Uh, saying that from Liverpool fans who would be of a more, how should we put this delicately, uh, uh, choosy nature in terms of who they would interact with and a very judgmental nature in terms of everyone they would interact with. And you know where I'm going with this. Um, uh, the last thing I am as a guy who's as ridiculously sort of... Uh, <laughs> lefty and liberal and you know open to everything is to be uh criticizing people who are standing up for people's rights or pointing out injustice but this these people are coming after Jurgen saying that's terrible that's a kind that's a form of racism now i want to put this to you because you've just in the same way done a kind of benign racism thing there but i have you though because if someone says to me, well, you know what you're going to get from Irish players. They're going to have a great attitude. They're going to be very athletic. Uh, they're going to have good mentality. They're going to be, they're going to fight for every last ball. I'm not going to take that as an insult. I'm going to take that as a compliment. And actually, there will be truth behind it, like there is behind your comment. Now, am I going off on one there? Or do you think Jürgen had something to answer for? No, Jürgen doesn't have anything to answer for. I mean, it, it's quite common knowledge that South American players play with a lot of snide. Um, they, they look to put the foot in. They, they will bend the rules as much as possible. Um, so, and that's, so, so as footballers, there are common traits, right? So you can that, do this. That's the, that's the way they play football. Yeah. And the reference I made was to an individual, not a, a whole, you know, I mentioned Neymar as in, because if Neymar was to walk into any, any team in the world, he would be walking in there saying, well, I'm a guaranteed first team player. I am a guaranteed starter every week. Minamino's coming and saying, well, I've got to fight for my place. I've got to prove my worth. Um, it, it just shows that that's just showing a different characteristic within the individuals as well. But no, I mean, Jurgen's absolutely right. I mean, what, what was Suarez? But Suarez you... was, was, was a, 
a nasty piece of shit on the pitch. But but it wasn't even it, he wasn't being critical in any way, shape, or form. He was no, just, no, no. He, it, it, he, it's he, an observation. Yeah, but and granted, it might be a lazy one and it might be generalistic, but yeah. it is not in the car. It is not in the category that warrants people wincing and wincing and 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 and, and signalling their freaking virtue. It does not warrant a kind of a oops, Jurgen's done a boo-boo. No, he fucking hasn't. And I found it very, very frustrating. I mean, there has to come a time when you push back against the, the extremes of this nonsense. And to hear a man as decent as him, as as decent as him, and to see some people within our own fan base who are so right on that they need to call out everything when it doesn't even exist, I found it offensive. And I, I wanted to mention it on this show, Cam, hopefully you'll give my little intrusion into what you're saying. Not at all. You know, and let's, let, let's get it back online because I do want to just talk about this kid himself. We said last week, because I was just listening to the show on the way home, I hadn't had a chance to until today, or on last week's show, we said, like, this kid is, is uh, he's good to go. He is good to go. Mm-hmm. I, he, he is... He's ready to, to step in. I mean, people will talk about the physicality, blah, 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 but he, he wasn't too worried about going up against Virgil or Degsy or, or fullbacks. He was well able for it. And if he can go against them, he can go against anyone. I think he may have a role to play in the next month, two months. Without a doubt. I mean, Jürgen actually, I think, uh, said yesterday that if he was available yesterday, he would have played him. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's um, about Centre back, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think the centre back pairing yesterday was too bad. It, it, it reasonably okay, but let's not go there. I'm, I'll get a, a shed load of abuse for that. Um, no, I mean he he's definitely good to go. I mean, a uh, couple of good points uh, for Minimino is that one he speaks fluent German, so him and Jurgen will have no problems with on the communication side. There, um, he already knows Nabi because they play together at Salzburg. So um, uh, I saw a picture today of them both lined up before a game, uh, having the team photo taken. So there's obviously a little bit of history there. So you shouldn't have too much of an issue settling in quickly. Um, and that's always very important as well. It's one thing saying, yeah, they're great, you know, good to go. If, you know, he'll understand, it shouldn't take him long to get up to speed. But one thing you we know about Jürgen is he doesn't rush players in. He, 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 they need to understand what is going on um, within the framework of the team. Now, I think Minamino is going to be a really good option to help uh, Bobby Firmino, actually, because Bobby looks jaded um, and we need to take a bit of pressure off Bobby now. He, he's had a, he hasn't had a break. He played throughout the summer um, in the, uh, is it Copa de America? Mm. Yeah, so he played throughout the summer. Uh, I can't remember how well. I think, did Brazil get to the final? I think they did. They won uh, it. They won they it. Won. There you go. Yeah, so so um, he, he's played non-stop and he, you know, he, he, he needs a break and, he, and it's showing now with his performances and that, yes, he's still doing an awful lot of work. He's still doing an awful lot of the pressing. But I think this is where Minamino will come in now and just take a little bit of pressure off Bobby. And that can only be beneficial for us going forwards now. It's exciting time. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Can I, talk, can I talk about the best thing about the transfer? Yeah, go ahead. No one knew. Yeah. Yeah. No, all, all the ITKs knew. 
They just didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah, they didn't bother till afterwards. Lads, you're talking shite, honestly. Um, and, and I love and we did. I think we don't think we've done that since um, Sadie's signed. Um, obviously, I'm hoping he's slightly better than him. But um, yeah, I, I just love the fact that there's none of this. Yeah, oh yeah, set for record deal, blah blah blah. This lad knows everything because he was right about Van Dyke seven years ago. We were like, fuck off, you know nothing. And I hope that's a club thing. I hope the club are basically saying. Um, I loved it when Kenny came back and the first thing he said is we're going to return to the days when Liverpool employees know about Liverpool signings for the world does. Well, um, here, here's something that backs up what you're saying, and that's a great point. When he was asked about, you know, the, the, the opening blurb for the website is that, you know, talk us through your emotions, you know, and, and there are the usual cringe. What do you think about Anfield? We were just, thank God, thank God last year happened or else he would have been asked the Istanbul question. You just know. Yeah. Because the people in charge of that stuff, you, well, maybe the current crowd wouldn't have, but the, the old crowd was so ham fisted and, 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 and cringy really. But he said, look, it, it, it's been a dream, my dream to become a Liverpool player. Now it's a recent dream if the Kumi's completely honest, but he does say, I'm so excited that the moment has come true. I've known about it for a while. Now, I love that because that backs up what you're just saying, yeah. that this was a thing that was done on the QT between the two clubs. Nobody needs to know until it is ready. A, a, a whiff of the Fabinho about it, if you like. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah, going to say that. That's probably the last one, yeah. Yeah. But, sorry, course, Of course, I knew about it. <laughs> um, well, listen, I, I, with your like ongoing celebrity mate circle. You... Don't embarrass me, Trent. Oh, last week, Samantha Quack. This week, it's only Glenn Hoddle, lads. <laughs> Pictures of the Copac lad hanging out with big Glenn. I've just found God with a pass, Hoddle. Talk to me about what happened there. That's another little diversion we can... Uh, it's actually quite about. a serious thing. He's basically, Glenn Hoddle had a heart attack last year. So he didn't actually have a cardiac arrest. Uh, in the BT studio, BT Sports Studios last year, and he was his life was saved by a producer um, who gave him CPR and um, actually broke seven of his ribs with CPR. And um, where, well, I can't, I can't say too much, but he he uh, he was a guest at a lunch I was at yesterday, uh, where we were the main charity. So um, I was invited along to have a chat with him. Now, I, I had no idea that that had happened during a live TV, TV performance. Again, we'd heard the stories at the time. There were a lot of scare stories about, you know, uh, wish Glenn well and all the rest of it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the man that you met, I, I'd imagine, look, you and I both know from personal experience that there, if there's one thing that will chase in you, it's uh, a run in with something that's threatening your very mortality. Yeah. Um, so what kind of a human did you encounter? It was very funny. Um, to be honest, I've never minded Glenn Hoddle as a pundit. He says the odd silly thing. They all, he said Michael Owen wasn't a natural, natural finisher, but I think he meant something else, and that was just picked up. I think he meant he's not just a natural finisher. He helps everything else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very humble man. He was. Um, uh, he said that you know the, the, the experience had changed him, and the way you know he sees his family and his grandkids. Um, and he was just just a very very nice man. Just a, I had a long chat with him afterwards. Uh, and um, yeah, very funny as well. Very self self effect. They showed all his goals, his big goals, and what have you. And uh, he's like saying, "Yeah, that one just crept in." And um, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He's, There's lots of like when he's, you know, there's there's a he scores a volley at Old Trafford at the Stratford end with both feet off the floor, and he basically just said, to him, "Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, don't mind that one. You can show that one again." Uh, hey, look, he, he, he was. 
he, he was an outrageous talent. Outrageous. Yeah. And I love, my favorite thing about Glenn Hoddle wasn't necessarily him as a player because I don't know, there was something about Spurs back in those days that, you know, as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> I don't know, you just couldn't warm to them because they were just, they, they were, there was something unfulfilled about them. Maybe it's an ongoing thing. I don't know. Um, maybe it will continue to be unless Mourinho works that works the magic. But the, well, I, I, I always think it the same way that Shankly say about West Ham. He's a lovely club, four points every season. Yes, it's the whole. It's all. It's it's only Spurs, or they, they're going to Spurs. They're, 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 they're great to watch. They're great to watch. But God, I love the fact that he gives points every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, but, there's an element of that, and he was talking a bit about that when. Because his first season, I'm sorry, this is a Liverpool podcast, everyone. Um, the first, he um, he was part of the team that um, were relegated, and then he came back and bought the Argentinian lads, and and, that, and he went all the way up to the '87 Cup final, which was his last game. And um, it's just very interesting, so like you know, sort of the the grad. It's interesting from a Liverpool point of view as well, because about the gradual rise, he he came off in the old second division, and then they won the UEFA Cup in '84, and then suddenly you know they had arrived. And the, the sort of fact that this, it's the same manager. I, mean, I, I wrote about this this week about you know how managers these days te- only tend to last three years. So therefore, there's no such thing as a legacy anymore now that Wenger and Ferguson gone, unless Jurgen does every day of his contract. So you know, it, so that's a change thing as well. And and and, and Hoddle was saying the same thing about you know when Keith Burton Shaw took over, um, he basically took them up all the way to Europe. Basically, there you go, I've done it. That is success. Yeah, but it, that it made them. Back in those days, it used to be the big five. That's what it was, the big yeah. five. And they were firmly cemented in there, but never a threat as such. And yeah. my, my favorite Hoddle thing is the way that when he went to manage Chelsea, he was basically so good still as a footballer. And all, the, all the players were intimidated when he went out to the pitch. That's just such great stuff. I do like that. Anyway. He, he also, I'll, I'll keep it very brief because I know we're not talking about Liverpool, but he told a great story about how we signed Ruud Hollett. And, uh, and Hollick came to London and he said, OK, yeah, come, should we go and have a look at the ground? And he said the ground was an absolute shithole. He went, uh, you know, the old Stamford Bridge with the track around it and the car in the corner. That's that. right, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. He went, uh, Where we won the league. He said, yeah, let's, let's, let's knock, let's knock it. He said, OK, well, let's go to the training ground. Oh, he said, no, you can't come because we're doing some building work and, you know, you've got to put the hard hat on and you know, if anyone gets a photo of that, looks a bit crap. I said, OK, let's go to the training ground. Well, he said, well, the training ground's worse than the pitch. And he said, I actually had a better one at Swindon because he just left Swindon the year before. That's right, yeah. Um, and um, so he had to, he said, oh, how about a bit of lunch at King's Road when he signed the next day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll and do he, it. He also said that when he was at Swindon on his first day, the first signing he made was the two washing machines because the, the previous manager had said that he could. It was on the Ardenas, actually. I said to the, to the kit lady that she can have two new washing machines and they were all skinned. And he thought, oh, I thought my first signing would actually be, you know, players. But we went out that day and bought two washing machines for the for the club. I said, this is a step down from what I'm used to. <laughs> it was just full of stories like that. It was really nice. That's good. I, that, uh, yeah, man, that's 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 what you want from those occasions. And Cam, give you last word on Mr. Minamino, and just to talk about something that you mentioned because it's it's brought up here in the club interview. Um, they say, look, there's clearly a lot of competition for places. Will you relish pushing the likes of Salah and Mane and Firmino? And what, what I love about this kid, he says, yeah, not only them, there are many world class players here. And of course, it's not an easy challenge. It's not easy to overtake those players to get a position. 
But having the mentality of challenging those players is important to keep the team's high level. The sort of mentality is important for the team, and I certainly will play with that mentality, which is the actual quote from what I was paraphrasing earlier on. So Mm -hmm. I say to you again, not only does he look like the right type of player, but he looks like the right type of lad in terms of we have a squad, an unrivaled squad of good lads in the current game and in Liverpool's history. I mean, even some of the best teams that you and I and Carl watched going back through the years, mm. there were a couple of right knobheads in there. These oh, lads are these lads are all sound. I mean, almost universally sound. Yeah, it's hard to think of a, a player within our squad who's a dickhead, basically. Mm. Um, there, there, there really isn't. Um, and I think that goes back to uh, the team above them. And um, we've probably said it a, a, a million and one times. They don't just look at the uh, the footballing ability; they look at the mentality of the player and will he fit within the ethos of what they are trying to create. There, Jurgen Klopp is not going to take any shit off any player, and if they've not got the right mentality to begin with, they're not going to be at the club. And uh, I think that is very much uh, shown with all the signings that they have made and even all the players that they, they've kept at the club and, and certain players that they've let go, they haven't shown the right attitude, they haven't shown the right mentality, they haven't shown the right desire, they've not been prepared to fight for the shirt, they've not been prepared to put the hard miles in on the training, uh, on the training pitch. And, um, it, there really is no better time them right now to be a Liverpool fan. Um, let, let, let me let me kind of come sideways out of what you're saying there because it's interesting. And last week we spoke about um, you know potential comings and goings as on the back of Minamino. And I mentioned uh, myself. I mentioned uh, Harry Wilson and I mentioned um, Adam Lallana as the two that I thought might be <laughs> threatened. And then I said, yeah, probably Lallana will be here till the end of time. And there are two games we need to speak about. Um, the three of us today. One is the League Cup final. I'm going to push that to one side for a second because it's kind of its own thing. Um, and the other is one that w- w- happened last night um, when Liverpool, uh, I'd like to say eased past, but they didn't. <laughs> they uh, they okay. absolutely they absolutely spawned their way past via the, the brilliance of our brilliant players um, in the very at the very death past Monterey to get into the world club final. And, you know, uh, <laughs> we saw said Adam Lalana anchoring the midfield uh, to, to much, to much um, commentary. Um, so I want to start with this club world cup thing because it's the biggest of the two competitions. I'm not going to ignore the league cup. We should speak about it. There's lots of issues arising. But the more pronounced ones are the ones that involve the first team at the moment. We've got Leicester on the 26th, and as we record, it's the 19th. So that's, you know, it's only a week away. Um, but at the same time, the more pressing thing is Sunday's, is Sunday, Saturday's final Saturday. against uh, Flamengo. So let's take a minute to look at this uh, tournament that the Reds have involved themselves in uh, via their winning of the European Cup. And... Uh, Carl, I'll come to you, you. You gather your thoughts on the camera. Carl, I'll come to you just to, to speak about. Um, first of all, did you see? You did see the semi, right? Yeah, 
Okay, right, right. Um, and now I will openly admit that um, a combination of family stuff uh, and just stress and nonsense uh, made me unable to catch most of the first half. And I was very grateful that I'd said to Gags that we wouldn't do a raw. I was kind of, you know, well, Gags will forgive me for it. That was my call. I just thought, let, if we get to the final, we'll do it. Um, but semi-final, you know, I want to be able to walk away from it and go, it didn't matter. However, um, having engaged with it from towards the end of the first half to the very last minutes, it was an awkward watch, Carl, and Jurgen seems to have deliberately hobbled himself in many regards with the aforementioned Ad- Lalana anchoring the midfield ahead of Jordan Henderson at centre half. Um, and you could say that both did their damnedest. You could say that Hendo acquitted himself well at times. You could also say that his lack of experience in that position, he's never played there before, oh. uh, was also exposed. Um, what was your take on that game? Uh, how did you feel it went for us? The strange thing I thought was we, we played the squad at Villa because we don't have the squad to do two games with two rows. And we still played the second streak in this game anyway. Yeah, very odd, so, right? So I thought, I'm not quite sure what the point of that was, but... Um, uh, as as um, anyone who's at the Watford game w- w- left left the Watford game, uh, in my hearing was saying, "We won. Let's just leave it there." That that was, that was the attitude to that, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a really weird sort of side. I, I mean, I didn't even know Shakiri was playing for twenty minutes. Um, and um, yeah, and big out Adam Lallana. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the worst holder midfielder. Um, he's just not one. Well, well, um, well, 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 like let let's pull it apart, right? Because here's my criticism of him. This little twat is trying to climb my guitar. Will you stop it? <laughs> climb up my guitar for fuck's sake! She's already pulled out most of the books in the bottom shelf of my library. My God, this is why do why did I do this? To whoa, 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 oh, Cam Jam- oh, Jam- yeah, yeah. yeah, he's in the North Wing tonight. He's it's in the library. Yeah, uh, the I thought you recorded yeah. in the billiard room on uh, on 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 Thursdays. I would, but the bloody servants have fucked it. Hold <laughs> <laughs> um, on, my library. Jesus Christ! Have you got an Arga? I'm not old money. I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an Arga. I don't have I don't have a Range Rover that barely works and Tweed. Well, I used to have Tweed. I don't have a, a Tweed flat cap. I don't have uh, paintings <laughs> paintings that Granny got off fucking I don't know Francis Bacon. I just have uh, a, a library. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point no. I was no. I, I, <laughs> I can't even remember what I was saying before this little twat ruined my evening. I, can't believe- I thought you were talking about Adam Rolano when you said that. I, f- I feel like Uncle, I f- feel like Uncle Monty. You are, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> beastly little parasite ruined my day once again. <laughs> beastly little parasite. Um, so, so, so the thing I wanted to do was let, let's pull apart the um, the Lalana performance and, and and Cam. I'm coming back to you on this for your take. Um, and I can only talk about like I say maybe sixty five minutes. So if he was tremendous in those opening 25, please do uh, forgive me. What is the thing that makes Jürgen think that it's a solid option? Because from what I can see, the thing that makes Adam an option there is that the fella can take a ball into him and for the very high majority of times, 
recycle the ball. He will do it in ways when he's sitting in this position that are eminently predictable and probably not very productive. But he can do it. Is that his strength, Carl? Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Lana is he, he's 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 very good at a, a pass from deep, as he proved in the derby um, for the first or second goal, maybe both. I don't know. I think it's the first goal. Um, he's very good with his feet. Um, he's just not very quick when it comes to the release, um, which is actually something I've, I used to say last year about Naby Keita as well, to be honest. Um, although now he's fit, he's, he's, he's much better. But um, I think there's a lot of thing about Adam Lallana about about basically agenda stuff because it's not his role. And I think it's very hard to say to someone it's, it's like slagging off Allison for his lack of defensive midfield play. It's not really his thing. And would I have played the man last night? I don't think we have much choice to be honest. But um, I don't think he's anywhere near as bad. And, and the big thing about this is, and it's the most important thing is, Jürgen bloody loves him. He does. Jürgen will not. I bumped into Steve Graves um, at, uh, from the Echo b- before the Burnley game last year when Lallana was, was called in. And everyone around the ground was going nuts because Lallana was starting. And, you know, we had, it was a must-win game. And, um, and and Steve Graves said to me, what are you going to do? The manager loves him. Nothing he can do. The manager absolutely loves him. And mm. he was great. So and uh, so when he, when I saw him start last night, I just thought, yeah, okay, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. Yeah, my my problem, Cam, with it is that I I fail to see what it is he offers. Uh, in terms of uh, there's something about Adam, and I've said this myself and and and, and um, Mr. Mulby have had numerous conversations about Adam Lallana on that show, and you know we both be on the same page, which is like, yeah, the guy's got bags of talent and technical ability, but there seems to be something. And to be fair to Yanni, put his finger on it almost immediately. Said like, you know, from an ex-pro point of view, that his legs seem to be gone in terms of he doesn't have that explosiveness that you kind of require. Um, in the modern game, unless you, and you do require, unless you're going to be very dominant and very good at one particular thing. And what I would say to you, Cam, is that Adam's not very good at any particular thing that I can see. Um, so I struggle to see, you know, for example, wasn't against Everton where you're going to introduce loads of lads. Um, and I saw him included in the bundle with Shaq and Divock as being great. And I have to say, I didn't think he was great at all. I think his first 20 minutes were solid, and then he probably f- fell off a cliff performance-wise. I mean, what, 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 what's, what's your take on what he can genuinely offer the team? Well, I'll caveat everything everything on that, say, firstly, with um, Adam Lallana this season is a Liverpool legend primarily because he ensured with that goal at Old Trafford, we are still unbeaten in the league, and we didn't lose that record at the league. So for that, he's a record. He's a record. He's a, he's a legend. But you're right about uh, Adam Lallana in the Derby game. First 20, 25 minutes, he was absolutely fine. Um, and then he was non-existent. Um, what I will say about yesterday was the team we were playing at Monterey, I think they're currently ninth in the Mexican League. Mm. They're not exactly on fire. Now, that was their final yesterday, you know, and it was pure underdog versus that, you know, uh, one to a million favourite on to win. 
and they gave us a hell of a game. And yeah, we had a, uh, we, we had players missing, you know, we didn't have a, uh, no, um, no Trent, no Virgil, no Fabino, no Firmino, no Mane. Um, you can, we've seen Kaita and Ox start games together before. So we know that's not, um, an unusual midfield setup there. Lalana, I, I didn't really see him offer anything yesterday. Uh, Carl hit the nail on the head when he said he, he, he knows what he wants to do, but he, he, he's now dawdling on the ball too long and he's not releasing it quick enough at times or he'll, he, he can't do a Cruyff turn there in the middle of the park because if you do a Cruyff turn in there in the middle of the park, lose the ball, you've exposed the defense and that's just criminal and he'll, tr- he may not try to do a cross turn, but he'll try to do something that he shouldn't. And that's making him look not so great. He played against Villa, I think, uh, as a six. He played the whole game and most people were very, very critical of him in his performance. But if you actually go back and look at the game again, he wasn't actually that bad. You know, I mean, I know Gags was, uh, bringing it up in a UP that he actually had quite a good game that game, but because we have this we do have a player bias and we're never going to always see the positives that the player brings on the pitch. We will, we will very quick to see the negatives and we will completely ignore the positives that they do. And that is an issue when you've got, uh, people like Lana, Hendo, Lovren, you just, you'll always see the negatives regardless. Yeah. I think that's a nice bit of balance and it's kind of what we try to do on this show, but, Carl, just to spin it back to you, just on this game before we move to having a look at Flamengo briefly and then back to the kids in the uh, League Cup. Um, the angry little fella, very angry little Toby Gent um, on the sideline for um, Monterey last night. He put out a team who, you know, they may be ninth, as Cam says, in their, in their domestic league, but they had plenty about them. They had a uh, fantastic Both. attitude. Both, yeah. Fantastic attitude. And yet, at the same time, uh, I'm looking at some stats here. They had about 300 odd passes to our 650. We had, you know, the guts of 70, 68% of the ball. Um, but where it really matters, the stats that I always care about are the attempts. Um, they had 16 to our 12. They had eight on target to our six. And we still, because Bobby Firmino is brilliant, because Trent Alexander-Arnold is brilliant, and we could introduce them guys, both of them, from the bench, uh, we just went, yeah, bore off. We're just going to win this at the end because we're Liverpool. Now, there are two things. First, God, I love that. Second, um, there was there was a challenge presented to our team, albeit an improvised team last night. Do you feel that challenge um, and those st- those statistics that I mentioned earlier on, are they representative or can they not really be, be taken as representative considering that for a big chunk of the game, we had massive amounts, probably up to seven first-teamers absent? Yeah, I don't think you can take that game seriously at all. I mean, you can talk about their, their shots on target and their shots in general, but that's because that lad on the right had a shot every single time he got the ball. I, I, yeah, I, I thought he was good, but even I didn't. If I was playing um, 
where you know where where Fuma Morris was playing, I'd be absolutely furious with him throughout the whole thing. Any chance you can pass the ball at some point? Right? No, I'm gonna have a go from here. Yeah. Against Allison, so he's doing another 35 yard shot against Allison. Are you? He was man of the match, by the way. Oh, hats off uh, to that uh, kid. Hats absolutely. off to that kid. Yeah. Two he's, games he's, running now. You even yeah. stopped talking about him, don't you? Because he just doesn't count anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 just lit. Really, the best in the world now, and like yeah. Virgil, like Virgil, we take it for granted yeah. until until he's not there, like Virgil last night, and you go, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So suddenly the ball's bouncing twice on the six yard line. I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I just thought, I thought I could see what they were trying to do. It was basically whether we're going to be here again. Let's just try and whack everything at them straight away and be a little bit snidey when we have to be, which I'm fine with because I like it when Liverpool do that as well. Um, I don't think you can really judge that game because we we just played with Jordan Henderson as a centre back. There were two people in the back four who weren't defenders, and you know I don't think you can really look at that and, and take that as a serious, you know, where we are now. I think it was uh, it's the same with Adam Lallana in some ways. I think what's Adam Lallana's best thing about being a six? The fact that he had legs and he could run. That's the only reason he was in the team last night. And it, it was a weird team to put out. I want to I want to play the. I think we will play the, the first team on Saturday night. Saturday early evening tea time um, but I don't think you can really judge anything on that game last night it's like the Villa game as well for the kids you can't judge anything by it it's a complete freak of a game yeah yeah well, well you'll, you'll me, never see that team again let's take it let's take a quick flash forward then Cam to what we do have ahead of us which is on Saturday evening we have this game against um, Flamengo who are you know they're a different proposition altogether we saw them struggle against what should have been lesser opposition for them also. Um, but eventually they eased to a 3-1 victory, I believe, in their semi. Um, yeah. And now we're up against them and we've, we've got, sorry, Carl, were you going to say something? I wouldn't say ease. They were gold armor, weren't they? No, no, I said, I said they, they, they struggle against the opposition and eventually. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, basically what they did was they did, um, probably just a slightly more dominant version of what we did and just struggle and then bullied their way because they're better. It's like the old sort of uh, older brother winning against younger brother thing. It's just, you know, law of the jungle bullshit. And now we have ourselves up against them. Now, Carl said he hopes we play the first team, Cam, and I think we all do, actually, because even yeah. though it's Sunday, the game against Leicester. That Sunday is what it's where. What the hell day is it today? It's the 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 nineteenth. It's, it's, it's next Wednesday. Yeah. It's next Wednesday, the Leicester game. So we, we okay. So we play Leicester Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. Is it Thursday? Yeah. Are you sure, man? Is you sure it's Thursday? Yeah, because it's Boxing Day, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Boxing yeah. Day. Yeah. Thursday. And it's Thursday, and it's an eight o'clock night kickoff. So yeah. I'm going to miss it. We we have um. Saturday evening kickoff, as as Carl says, half five against Flamengo. I see no reason to have brought the first team squad out there if you're not going to play them in this final and just get this thing over the line and give our man at Anfield or Melwood a bit of a pain in the arse and say you got to change the champions wall. That's why we're out there. Let's be honest. That's why we're out there. And it was lovely to see the cynical way in which you won the game with two of our absolute superstars combining outrageous audacity from Trent. Just a vision that most footballers don't have. And a man who's been berated heavily lately for not contributing um, goals, Bobby Firmino, doing the thing. He'd been on the pitch for about three seconds, you know. It, it's he loves, great. He loves, he loves a near-point flick, doesn't he? Ah, it's just beautiful. He loves so, a flick. So, 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 so can we 
we roll out the big guns, don't we, for this final, and we just get it over the line if we can. But what did you see, if, and assuming you saw uh, the other game, um, that might offer us a threat, and what do we need to be wary of, and do you think that we should have too much for them, or is this going to be a real challenge? Um, I didn't see any of the other game, um, so I don't really know anything about the other team. Um, all great, I know great, is, great red card. Oh, great red card. I well, then, let, let, let me put that question to Carl, because it sounds like Carl saw it. Let me well, ask I, you... I, I only saw the highlights, but... The highlights, okay. Well, I saw most of it, because I don't know what... I, I think they've got plenty about them this lot. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're no mugs. And I think we... I think we could struggle if we put out anything less calm than a a proper 11. So, the question I'll put to you, let me, let me rephrase it. Is there... Now an extra weight on this. Do we actually, I mean, psychologically, since we've gone out of the league up, um, with the kids and decided this is the thing we're going to do, do we need now to go on and win this? Cause we saw what happened in the league cup. The, the big teams who were left in it just basically in the end did that bullying thing and got themselves through by hook or by crook. And now you've got four. Big old teams there, and that's I think so. Anyway, at least three, at least in the um, in the last four. Um, do we need to back up our commitment to going to this thing by winning it, or is there not really that much um, urgency on it? How do you how do you feel about it? But that's a win it. Absolutely. I mean, with that, it's uh, it's worth three point seven five million dollars to win it. So that's a lot of money. Pays half the uh, Minamino fee. So um, well, with that, win it probably pays for the flight as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's FSG's private charter jet, isn't it? So, yeah. um, um, it's, but no, with that to win it. I mean, I expect to see a, a strongest possible eleven starting. Um, I expect to see Virgil back. I expect to see Trent back. I expect to see Henderson back as a number six, possibly. I don't want him to risk Ginny because Ginny's had a slight knock in the in in the game at the weekend against Watford. So I'd stick with uh, Ox and um, Naby Keita. I think Naby Keita has been playing really well the last few games um, that he's played. You know, he's, him and Mo Salah seem to be striking up a really nice understanding. Um, and I expect the front three to be playing in uh, Mane, Bobby, and uh, Mo. Uh, I think that, that will be pretty much close to our strongest 11 that's available. And that's what I expect to see. And I expect, I expect us to win it. Well, given the, um, so we, that, that's, that's Cam's call, uh, Carl, given the proximity, which we've discovered is, like we said, um, from the 21st to the 26th, um, from half five on the 21st, we, we assume the lads will fly back on the 22nd. Um, that will be a long flight. You're looking at not lads not being ready to do any training. You'd imagine until the 23rd at the earliest, maybe even the 24th. So you've got two days training, uh, max before the Leicester game, which let's not fluff this is monumental because these fuckers aren't going away they won't go away nope. um they keep hanging in and anyone who thought they were going to fall away i think it's it's like they don't watch football or something what what brendan has done here i think people are 
I think people are just reluctant to give him credit. I have lots of things I take issue with Brendan Rodgers, but one thing I will say is that when he has momentum, he's a hell of a coach uh, because he, he says the right things. They're in a flow. We know that because we were that. Um, and we experienced that version of Rodgers. And now he's a little bit more experienced. And now he has the added arrogance and swagger of having won some trophies. Um, this is a formidable opposition. So I'm going to put something to you. We'll talk about Leicester. Hopefully we'll get another show done before then. So we'll talk about Leicester again. But that's a massive game. So say Virgil's not still feeling 100%. Is it hand out center half again? Say Ginny's not 100% right. Say uh, Mil- Milner's played too many games. Um, w- w- f- how up in the air is the selection for this thing? How much of a jolly is this really in comparison to Leicester? Like pri- prioritization wise, what do you what's your thinking around it? It's it's always the same. It's it's win your next ninety minute game. Really? Uh, yeah, always. It always is. I mean, I mean, fair enough. They have to Villa. League Cup thing, fair enough, but um, I, I'm like, I'm, I, I want us to win it because we've never won it before. I want, I want Liverpool to be the world champions. That's quite a nice thing. That's before you look at the moral factor of why we should be playing that tournament there anyway. Um, but um, and I disagree with you about Leicester, to be honest, because I don't see them as a 90 club, a club team. 90 points, I just don't see it at all. I think they will fall away. I think they're a very good, strong side, but I don't think they'll keep it up. Really? And it's, and it's City who are still the, the people to watch. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, Leicester are playing City at the weekend. And they've just drawn at Norwich at home. They did, yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. Well, they did. Leicester, Leicester, Leicester have got City at the weekend. That's yeah. going to take something out of both those teams. Yeah. That will take something out of Leicester as well. I they fully, the, I fully expect City to win that. Well, Leicester had uh, last night. They had a. Um, uh, was it last night? No, the the league. Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, 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 they, they they had a, a, a extra time penalties victory. No extra, time. no extra. Oh, sorry, straight to penalties victory yeah, over. Straight, yeah. who, who did they beat last night? They Everton, beat Everton. Uh, Everton. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, they were two 0 up and it came back to two two. Leighton Baines in injury time. Well, look, no, no, nobody in the world who's of a, a pessimistic nature, a naturally pessimistic nature, was expecting that lot to drop points like they did at the weekend against Norwich. That was a wonderful, wonderful boost. So, I mean... Norwich, I, have, Norwich have taken points off Leicester and Man City this season. They're doing as a favour, aren't they? Well, y- you look at this game, as you said, the Leicester City, the Leicester versus City game, and... Um, somebody's man, dropping points. Somebody's dropping points, and that's... Only a good thing. I, I, like, for example, people are going to be all gloom and doom if City win. I won't. Like, Carl, yeah. you, you say they're the main challengers, but I won't give yeah. a shit. They're still, it, it's, if we win our game, they're still, you know, 14 points behind. You know, so, uh, like, <laughs> uh, it, it's, but the it's, thing it's, is, City can go win the next 10 league games, but I don't think Leicester can. That's the point. But, yeah. but then, but then I have this, like I said, the sneaky feeling about them. We are at 18.29. We said we go out hard out on a half hour. Uh, I want to give you both a, a sentence or two on the League Cup and what you think the significance of it was, your take from it, whatever whatever your hot take was from the cha- the, um, the the League Cup um, quarterfinal loss, 5-0 loss um, during the week there where we sent out not only the kids, 
but the second string version of the kids. Uh, we had mo- at least four of the lads who could have qualified, and not including regular first teamers, which we bring up to about six or seven. But at least four of the lads who were in that cohort, uh, really top lads like Brewster, um, like Nico Williams, were not involved. And so we had a second string of the second string. Um, no first team squad people involved at all, all the kids. And yet I think we ended up with at least the best one, if not two players on the pitch. Keanu Hoover, I thought, showed tremendously. And Harvey Elliott was easily the best player on that park. He showed a level of maturity, a level of ability in possession, a calm, a kind of sang-froid coming in on goal, able to do little flicks and passes and Is this the foreign language version of this podcast for some reason? You're whacking in in a bit of French. Brainty's gone all Japanese. Well, it's your turn then, turning Japanese. I really think so. Um, I want to hear what... Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, there you go. The point I want to make to both of you is what was your overall take? Because Harvey Elliott was my take. That's all I've got. Harvey Elliott. What have you got, Carl, from the League Cup game? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I knew, I knew they'd get beat um, because um, at that level, clinical clinical finishing beats all all fervour and passion at that, at that level. Um, I thought it was a really good day, day for them. And if the keeper hadn't been on good form, then we might have got a bit better. But um, I also like the lad in uh, who's at least forty-five years old and had just finished his shift down at the docks. Who plays for us? Herbie Kane. He's called Herbie. Kane. Herbie. Herbie. Yeah. This is wonderful. I mean, I what... hope he's driving a beetle. If it, that lad's not driving a beetle, <laughs> I need to slap. <laughs> do you do you remember Cam? You old git. What the <laughs> what the number on uh, Herbie was? It definitely had a nine in it. Oh, didn't. Oh, didn't it? I'll put it out of nine in it. Carl Coppack, quiz question for you. What was the number on Herbie, the Beetle car from the movies about Herbie? I think I saw it in 1973, so I don't know, do I? Mate, come on. They were still replaying them in the 80s. 38? Huh? 38? No. All right. Go on. 53. 53, okay. Was that his shirt number? Yeah, that was a shirt number. Well, <laughs> to, to be fair, Her- Herbie was cool as fuck. He had those stripes down and the little number in a circle. It was all like the, uh, reminded me very much of the jerseys in, uh, my favorite movie ever. Even though I'm a, a big movie buff, I can't get past my passion for the movie, which brings in John Wark and Michael Caine into it and send the same movie. <laughs> what movie am I talking about? Escape to Victory. Escape to Victory. The greatest film ever. And it's not Christmas if I don't get to see Escape to Victory. So looking forward to that. Cam, I want to give you your take on the League Cup final. If you any hot take on it before we yeah, finish. Uh, some quick little points. League Cup final, uh, I said. Sorry, League Cup match. Yeah, but... yeah quarterfinal. Um, firstly, Liverpool did not disrespect the competition because they actually put a team out, unlike Manchester United in the 1999 FA Cup, because they couldn't, or 2000, whenever it was. Uh, because they couldn't do the World Club Championships, same competition that we are in now, and the FA Cup. They couldn't put a reserve team out. But great, we, great point. We, but, but we disrespected the, the League Cup. And with what United did, that's actually had a such an adverse effect on the FA Cup now. Since that moment, it's been tarnished. It's never quite been the same. So 
don't 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 be playing this card that Liverpool disrespected the competition. They didn't. They actually respected the competition by putting the team out. Well, do you know who Second. did respect the competition? The bloody League Cup, because they could have given us another date and they didn't. So fuck them. Yeah. So it's beyond their head. Secondly, the travelling cup, absolutely superb. Awesome. At Villa Park. Absolutely brilliant. You know, round of applause. I doff my cap. Everything. They were amazing. Thirdly. Harvey Elliott, that player is got bags of potential, absolutely bags of potential. Now, I know it was Villa's second team, and I know there's been a lot of talk just going slightly off topic and slightly sideways about wanting to sign uh, Jaden Sancho, I think his, his name is, at Dortmund. If we brought Sancho in, would that stop the development of Harvey Elliott, possibly? So just have a think about that, people. Is that what you want to do when we've got we've got this kid there who's potentially got bags of talent and we don't know what he's going to become? And if we bring Sancho in for a hundred million or whatever, which is a ridiculous fee for a nineteen or twenty year old, is that what we really want to do? So um, it's a really uh, good point. It's a really good point when you look at what Elliot can do. Uh, he's got that, uh, and I'm kind of repeating myself here. I say this so many shows, but he's got that ability to slow a game down. He can, he can, it's, it's like he's in a different time zone to everybody else. He's just got that self possession on the ball and then that deafness of touch and that ability to strike the ball the right way or try a pass or see something that nobody else will see. Yeah, you're right, man. Uh, he could be anything, this kid. He could be anything. Yeah, I mean, we've got very, again, a very small sample size to jump in, judge him on, you know, the, the Arsenal game, the Villa game, um, and that's it, that's it really. But he's, he made his Premier League debut at, was it just shy of 16? Mm. You know, that, that, this kid's no mug. The, the kid's got something about him. So let's not, um, you know, uh, try and stop his development. We want to see this player develop. We want to see him play regularly in the Liverpool shirt. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's my hot take on it. The game was irrelevant. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the kids. I thought the kids uh, did did themselves, um, um, which should be proud of themselves. Um, I think it would be a great learning experience for them because I think you you learn more from a defeat than you do from a win. To be fair as well, I've had, I've seen and, and heard and had people come up to me who are fans of different clubs and they have vastly different takes. It's almost as if they don't understand what happened um, and they think, as Carl and yourself have said, there's a level of disrespect that's been shown by the club, except no. And they think, oh, it's a, it's a heavy loss and I'd never want to inflict that on my team. I'll be honest with you, I think if we'd followed it up with a semi-final defeat in the Club World Cup, they might have had some weight behind their comments, but we just went and absolutely Liverpool the shit out of that. Um, so it becomes immediately irrelevant. Um, immediately irrelevant, the scoreline of that. And there's something almost delightful about the fact that we no longer got any involvement in it. This little shit just ran up my left leg. I've got pajama bottoms on. It lads. sounds like he's running around in your chamber pot. Oh, Christ. Would you... It's a she as well. Uh, let, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's. Scarly didn't deny you had a chamber pot. No, absolutely. Mm. It was empty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. 
Um, they, <laughs> they think it's all empty. Uh, Carl, your final thoughts, my friend. Uh, I don't really have any. It's the end of the year. It's been a great year for the football club. Long may it continue. That's pretty much it, really. Um, it's nice to be. It's. I'd say the nicest thing about this the past year has been. It's great to go to Anfield and not expect to lose, or or at least entertain the possibility of losing. And um, I was trying to make up what the last because I, I wasn't at that Palace game three years ago. Um, and I was trying to think back what's the last time I saw Liverpool lose at Anfield, and I can't remember. And I'm not going to look it up. Oh, don't um, look it up. Don't look it up. Yeah, and that's a really nice feeling, so enjoy it. I, I know the game, but I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. That, 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 is, that is a lovely feeling when you've got a guy who's been going to games as long as you have, and you just so inured to winning that you can't remember last time you lost. Man, that's yeah. a better. That's lovely. Okay, and, and also, A, good rescue. B, Spot the lad who didn't prepare for the show. I love that. Uh, well, what you've you've both you've. Well, both. I, was going to, I was going to talk about the Manics three preachers, but um, <laughs> I've really got into the Manics again. I'm going through another Manics phase at the moment. Yeah, I, I I do that occasionally as well, but it's always the first couple of albums. I can't get on board after that. It's just all, it all went a bit. I don't know corporate. That's or something. The last one's all right, you know. It's I'm sure. I'm fun. sure it is, man. It's I'm really sure it is. good. I'm sure it is. I just the minute the minute I saw. Bradfield wearing cargo pants. I went, that's ah, all over. But uh, oh, and and Nicky Wire too, cargo pants. I went, ah, man, I love Nicky Wire. I I, I I wear cargo pants because I'm like a two thousands dad. Stop this, stop this. You wear boas, Nicky. You wear boas. That's uh, yeah, dre- dre- dresses. Yeah, yeah, you know, and dresses. You know, because I've, I've got a very minor name drop with the Manics, but I, but I won't do it on air. Save it up, save it up. Cam Branch finishes off. Um, I'm not sure if we will get a pod in before Christmas, so... Yeah, we, we will try, we will try. Well, I'm, I'm going to do my two Christmassy quotes anyway, because I've got them prepared now, because I wasn't what, sure. what, what language, Cam? Um, one's a... No, I'd, I'd say they're both English. I'd say okay. both English, yeah. Yeah. a night before Christmas, when all through the house, <laughs> not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And I'm sure you know who, who wrote that. Ah, uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> And then my final quote and uh, will be, the true Christmas spirit is putting others' happiness before our own and finding you've never known such happiness. So I just want to take this moment, an opportunity to say to everybody, including you, or you three, you know, Mr. Drinkle included, um, I'm sure we will speak before Christmas Day, but to all our listeners, have a very merry, merry Christmas and really enjoy it. Top of the league, Reds. Top of the league, Reds. Seasons greetings from Cam Branch. You know, what do you want? What else do you want from a podcast? It's been an absolute blast doing it. I'm keeping an eye on the clock because Guy Drinkle's got to go and watch a film. He's off to watch Star Wars, folks. Guy's off to watch Star Wars. So let's a true story. It's a true story of men at war. Let's let him here on time. Uh, let's finish up this episode of the Anvil NS podcast with me thanking you as ever for listening, for being such a loyal audience and asking you as ever in my needy fashion to expand that audience by telling someone about us. There aren't too many shows like this. I listened back to the last three as a kind of an experiment recently. I found myself cackling my way through and nodding my way through most of them, all of them. Um, 
there's not much like this out there. There's lots of different types of podcasts, but not like ours. Tell someone about it. Let them know about it. I think it might be something they'd like. You know who I'm talking about. So let them know. And let's just finish off by saying that I have been Trev Denny. That was Cam and Carl and Guy in the background. And until we speak to you again. I'm doing and, I'm doing And you know, scratching away like an absolute maniac. I can only apologize. Be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.